0: Welcome to Whole and Holy, the Bethel Seminary Podcast. I'm Dr. Peter Vogt. I'm the host of Whole and Holy, and I'm delighted to introduce our guest today. Uh, our guest is Brooke Palmer, and Brooke is the online campus pastor at Journeys Crossing Church in the suburban DC metro area. She is a Bethel Seminary graduate. She's married to Jeff, who's also a, a Bethel graduate. He was in the Master of Arts in Children and Family Ministry program. Together they have five kids. Uh, we have that in common. I also have five kids and Brooke was a, a student of mine in a, a course a couple of years ago and so it's a delight to, to welcome you to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here, Brooke.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Um, thanks for asking to have me. I'm really excited to be a part um, of this podcast today.
0: Well, thanks so much. You know, we're going to talk about the the whole COVID-19, coronavirus, how we do church in this era. And you've been doing this for a while as the online campus pastor at Journeys Crossing Church. Can you just very quickly tell us a little bit about what that means? What is an online campus pastor? Help people understand why we're having this conversation today.
1: Yeah, sure. So what we have found um, is that, kind of the new front door for our church is not actually the door (laughs) it's uh it's online um people will check out church online um before they'll come through a a building door um and so we have every week we uh, live stream our services we have uh, myself and others host in a chat room um we connect with people through chat we um And we see people from locally around the DC metro area. We also, I have people in a small group. I do digital small groups during the week um, that are from Florida and New Jersey and all over the place. So um, we have, we've found that a couple of things. One is it's a front door. So people wanting, they're interested in church um, will come there first and then If they feel like they've connected with people here, they will come. Um, And we also find that people who have hang-ups with church, which there are a lot out there now, um, they feel safer coming online. Uh, Mm. They feel there's a little bit more security. So um, some people just come online. That's church for them every week right now. And, And so we're dealing with how to connect well with people digitally. So that's kind of yeah. what I do, is, Yeah, uh, figure that out. I'm trying to figure that all
0: out. <laughs> sure. But, well, and, yeah. and now everybody's doing that. Every Everybody is uh, sort of online campus pastors at this point, if they're pastoring a church, <laughs> in, if they're in states where they've been shut down either by a governor's order or just encouraged to not gather more than 10 people or, or that sort of thing. And it, it occurred to me as I thought about this, you know, we've, we've been now doing this for a couple of weeks overall. You've been doing it for a long time, but everybody's been doing it now for a couple of weeks. And I think most churches have perhaps figured out how to make that initial transition from kind of a normal way of doing church, you know, the, the traditional model of people coming to the, the building and participating, all that sort of thing, made adjustments to some new ways to do things, but now, I think we, we're learning it's going to go on longer than maybe people thought initially. People thought maybe it would be just a couple of weeks to begin with. I know that my church said, you know, for the next two weeks, we're just going to do online things. But now, of course, it's going to go on for, for a few more weeks. And uh, who knows how long? Nobody, nobody knows. The Lord knows, but we don't. And, and so I, I think it might be helpful for us to think about how do we take the next step? how you know we can put things, we can live stream our services, but then how do we take the next step of connecting people? So what what are some things you you've named some things, but but what are some things we need to be really thinking about when it comes to the the connection, the spiritual formation, but the that sense of community, that connection with folks who are online what have you done as online campus pastor that our listeners could take and apply in their situation in what may be a temporary thing but there might also be things that they take and say you know what we're going to continue this longer term so what are some things what would be the the top things that you might recommend or some strategies if you you've used to uh, help connect people and attend to that spiritual formation
1: um, so we've gotten really creative here, um, with, with that. So we were already, you know, set up pretty well with online, um, stuff. So we've kind of taken it up a notch. Um, and we have, uh, not only have we ch- kind of changed what we're doing Sunday morning, we're we're making live stream events We're pre-recording things and putting together a video that we live stream. Um, so that's our Sunday experience, but we've also thought about our kids and our youth and, um, and they're important too. <laughs> um, so yeah. we've actually uh, begun creating a Sunday live stream events specific for our kids and specific for our youth um, so that they have time together with their kind of age appropriate material as well. Um, so that's been huge, a huge change, shift, for us. Um, but that is going well. And that is increasing engagement, not only in kids, but just in families, they're seeing value in, in, um, they're seeing value in their kids connecting to God during the week uh, in in new ways. I think, um, when, when the physical building is kind of removed from you, um, it's kind of like, you, you feel like you've got to do something, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't know what it is. And families are finding value in that. And I am so hoping that when this is over, that that kind of momentum continues. So um, that's one shift we've made. Um, also, um, hey,
0: can I can I interrupt and just ask yeah, what what would be an example yeah. of a couple of things that might be done in something like that? Uh, so yeah. you know, events for kids. But uh, does it involve a lesson? Is it a you know? I've heard of some churches doing games uh, for youth group and that sort of thing. So what what are some of the things that are doing? Just a couple of examples.
1: Yeah. So for kids, um, we're simply um, so Jeff, my husband, he he's doing what he would do for large group time with kids. He's doing his lesson, but we've set up kind of a filming area in the kids' room. And uh, we, we make a video of it. We make a video of him teaching. Um, uh, we incorporate the videos that come with the curriculum. You know, we do, he does singing and we just video it. And then we put it out on Facebook and YouTube and we do it as a live event on Sunday and kids come and watch and they're all watching at the same time. And then it stays up and families can use it during the week too. So Great. it looks, it looks like what he would do on Sunday, but it's on, on a video. Great. Um, the youth too, they, he's, the youth pastor's creating content of mix of clips and him teaching. And we're creating a, a specific online video for kids and they're doing it as a YouTube premiere. So mm they get together at 1115 on Sundays and there's a chat room and they go through this video and they do it together. And then they use zoom for um, a breakout meeting afterward where they just do a kind of talk face to face ish, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) Great. Thanks. Yeah. I didn't want to cut you off, but I wanted to just give some, some examples of what somebody might think about doing for that. So what else, what else are you doing?
1: Um, Well, we have a podcast uh, here, too, so that we already had going, and um, so that podcast, the way we have it set up right now is it's an all-church small group. Um, So we make a podcast based on the theme of the Sunday message, and uh, our lead pastor writes questions to go with it and we make a podcast and we have groups meeting digitally. They watch, they watch the podcast together and they're provided a PDF and through uh, like Zoom kind of meetings, they go through the questions together. Um, so we're using a podcast as kind of a a video podcast. We do a video podcast. Um, we're using that as kind of a way for for small groups to stay engaged with what we're learning on Sunday and meeting with each other. So that's how we're using our podcast right now, which is it's been really cool and uh also and then also the staff here we've been taking turns each day making a devotional video Mm. um and that's just all kinds of varieties of topics you know (laughs) but every day there's a, a devotional video that's going out from one of the staff members um and we put it on youtube we put it on facebook on all our groups on facebook and um just a a kind of a start to the day kind of a thing we're doing for our people right now too
0: Hmm. you know it occurs to me as you're describing that that in kind of a normal time uh the the amount of contact that somebody has with the church is you know they're going to be there on sunday mornings maybe wednesday night maybe there's a bible study or a meeting and that sort of thing and and that's going to be their contact but you know with the things that you're talking about where staff members are all doing a video devotion it it sounds like you're talking about kind of more contact for less time perhaps but more more frequent contact for less time and i i think that's probably necessary in this in this environment that it's you know even though physically you might be Doing some of the same things that the church feels more distant when you're not going there on a Sunday morning, so you need to kind of make up with that with more maybe more frequent contact whether it's a a blog or a podcast or or that sort of thing that allows for people to connect more regularly than they would in other times. Would you agree with that Does that seem reasonable
1: yeah our our um our stand our standard um kind of thing is uh each week um there's a daily video that i put out like i'll take clips from sunday and put them out but now we are um a content daily content from every from all over the place and multiple times a day and um we are working overtime (laughs) to to stay connected i think that's you know one of the big things going on right now is is this feeling of loss of connection with Mm -hmm with the people in your church, you know, cause you don't see them. And, um, and also just uh, uh, not wanting to lose momentum um, from where we were, you know, mm-hmm. and wanting to like, keep people engaged and mm-hmm. mission moving forward. And so, yeah, we are definitely, um, our content has increased a lot. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot, yeah. yeah. Have you used Flipgrid at all?
1: I have not used Flipgrid. Uh, I
0: haven't. Okay. No. I've heard of some churches doing that. And, and for those of our listeners who may not know, Flipgrid is a. It's used in an academic setting oftentimes for discussion forums. Instead of a, a written discussion forum, there'll be a, a prompt. And, and then people post videos in response to that. And one of the things I've heard of is a church kind of doing small group uh, responses in a sense. So in a small group Bible study, there might be uh, someone, a leader, posing a question, then people po- posting their video responses to that question, as opposed to typing it out, and and that allows for someone to participate who can't come to a you know a a, a Zoom session live, and they don't want to just watch it. Recording is great, but uh, they don't want to just watch it. But it's it allows for kind of you know an, an asynchronous participation, and and a way of engaging with with each other in a, in kind of a different way. So that's, I've heard of, of that sort of thing too, being used. Uh, But people are doing all sorts of really creative things with small group kind of, kind of stuff.
1: We've started trying to figure out just ways to have fun too. Like um, last night, our creative arts pastor did a, uh, sent out a, a zoom link um, for a karaoke night <laughs> for uh, all of for all of his like creative arts team people, you know, yeah. so people sing and you know, and uh, my daughter is on the on the, the team, so she was in our office last night with her ukulele singing away <laughs> singing away. Um, so just some fun things too, I think are cool right now. People need to laugh and have fun. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think that's an important part of being. A community. That's part of what the body of Christ really is supposed to be, sharing in each other's lives, and that means supporting each other in that way. I've heard of churches also doing things like uh, photo contests and things like that, that people can post in like a, a Google Hangouts or chat room, that sort of thing, where people can do photo contests. I know we're doing that at the seminary, where the the seminary faculty and staff, we've set up a a google chat room or something like that and we we have a contest each each week where people are supposed to post something a picture and that but we're sharing all sorts of memes and things like that and just kind of laughing together i think that's really really important maybe you saw there was a a bach music festival in malaysia that got canceled because of all this and so what they did was they they recorded their own parts and then somebody mixed it and wow. and so they were able to put together whatever piece they were performing but they were not in the same room but it sounds like they they were because they all just recorded their part and somebody put it together it's a pretty amazing kind of a creative yeah. thing yeah
1: i'll have to check that out that sounds
0: cool yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so that brings me to the next question what what do you think you know it's it's easy to focus on the the challenges of this the negative side of of all this and I'm not trying to to suggest that this is a good thing but I think there are opportunities for us in here so what do you think are the 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 opportunities that this presents for the church that maybe you know when things get back to whatever normal looks like in the future what what do you think or hope that your church or other churches might retain from from all of this that we can be thinking about in the future so this isn't just a Seen as exclusively a a negative thing but but really something that's an opportunity for us
1: yeah, I think that um we are all being forced into a lot of change and um and that that can be scary for the church sure. <laughs> um, in my experience um and I think it's an opportunity to embrace some change and um that's needed. Uh, I think, I think it makes us look at, um, mission over method. If Hmm. that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Say more about that.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, my, some of my history has been in ministries where method is over mission. Uh, the way we do things is maybe more important than why we do them. Hmm. And we don't, can't afford to do that right now. So, uh, we have to, we are kind of forced to think digitally and the yep. church has not been great at that. Uh, you just look at the average church website to, to see <laughs> that that's, <laughs> that's not a thing. Um, yeah. and so I hope that we come out of this, maybe rethinking some methods and, uh, and how some changes can effectively meet our mission, which is to spread the good news of Jesus to the world, who Mm -hmm. isn't in the building. They aren't in the building. Um, So I'm hoping that this just shakes up that fear of change a little bit. Yeah. Um, You know, if, if you look at stats, you see, if you look at the stats of how much time the average person or especially millennial spends online or in some way, um, engaged in media, it's basically like all the time, (laughs) (laughs) it's really astounding if you actually look up those stats. And so if I'm, the way I think of it as, um, online campus is if I want to meet people where they are, everybody's online. Yep. Everybody, everybody is on Mm -hmm. social media. Everybody's getting their news from YouTube and Facebook. Those are kind of the top places that people go. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that the church kind of starts to wake up to that a bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I want to come back to that, but just an observation as well uh, that it it occurs to me that when we think about the, say, the video things that children's pastors might be doing and and youth groups and that sort of thing. It, it's an opportunity, I think, for parents to be more involved. I know that as a parent you know we we will take our kids to to programming and things like that, and we'll check in with them and say How's it going? What did you do and that sort of thing but you know we're not we're not there we don't know what's actually being said and and you know lots of good programs will have things like discussion questions perhaps for families to to talk about during the week and and that sort of thing. But it seems to me that when you have this kind of a thing, there's an opportunity for parents to see what's going on with their kids, to participate, not necessarily having to do the jumping around and that sort of thing, but to be (laughs) watching and say, okay, that's what's there. Or, you know, remember when we saw in the video, the children's pastor was saying this, that there's an opportunity there that we we might have in in normal life but we don't take advantage of and and it would be weird in some ways if parents are staying in all the children's programming all the time and that sort of thing but we we have an opportunity if we if we take advantage of uh, of it uh, that that occurs to me that we we might want to we might want to think about i want to come back to the oh i'm sorry go ahead
1: Oh no no! I'm just yeah, absolutely. From you know a family ministry perspective, I can hear Denise Kiesbow in my ear, <laughs> and uh, uh, that is a huge step in engaging family into into ministry to their 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 own kids. So um, yeah, exactly with you on that.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to come back though to the the question that we were talking about. You know. Certainly what you're saying is true about how much time online folks are spending. And in this era, everybody's online really much more of the time. I wonder if you have any thoughts about how, how we balance that with on the one hand, uh, prioritizing mission over method. I absolutely get that. But, but recognizing that things like social media, uh they they don't necessarily lend themselves for the kind of in depth engagement and reflection that uh, we might want. And so, you know, how do we how do we balance that? Do you have thoughts about that? How we might how we might think about that so that we can not, in a sense, dumb things down or or water things down in a way that people aren't being discipled in meaningful ways in in this time. So, in other words, I guess the question I'm asking is. How, how can we use these sorts of things for that kind of meaningful discipleship? How do we prevent it from being just kind of a, an entertainment or a, a superficial kind of engagement?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a tricky question, right? Um, so uh, one thing is my vision, the vision for it for me is that it's not um, like online church. It's not um, something to watch. It's something you're joining. So mm. I, I communicate that language all the time when people come. You're Great. joining. Great. You're a part. The, you're, you're joining church. Thank you for joining. You're a mm. part of this. Um, how can you know, I, how, and I try to get information and prayer and all of that? And so trying to get people to understand that when they come online, they're part of something bigger than they are. Um, cause if they don't understand that they're part, you're never going to get them to come <laughs> and yeah. be face to face, which I, I am, you know, just don't hear me saying that I, I think online is the best church method. Um, I think it's a necessary part of ministry right now. Um, but I do think face to face in church is the best, you know, <laughs> Being together sure, sure. In community is the best. But we've got to get people there, so uh it it's really a vision communication to me it is is getting people to understand that they're part of the church. Um, they're not watching it's not a show, you know
0: that's uh, great but, yeah, yeah well, and it occurs to me too that we there is a something of a generational divide here that we have to recognize, and I've thought about this from a, an educational perspective, but my i think about my children, and my oldest is 18, and he has friends that he has never actually lived in the same city with. They met at a, a national tournament, uh, and and they connected, and they connect via Snapchat, via text, that sort of thing, and he considers them friends, but right. they've never actually lived in the same city. They haven't done much face-to-face, and to me, that seems weird, but then as I think about that, I think back to when I was growing up, and my family, uh, they... Had to put in a, a second phone line because my dad was tired of the phone line being tied up all the time with the the kids talking on the phone and and he couldn 't understand how we could spend hours talking to our friends to him, the phone was something you used simply to make an appointment to get together and and then you have your relationship face to face for me, talking on the phone was an important part of the the relationship. And face-to-face was obviously important as well, but that was an important part of the relationship. So I, I in the back of my mind, as I, in my, you know, I'm 51, and I look at my kids and I think, well, that's not real relationship. Then I think about my dad saying, well, that's not real relationship. And so <laughs> there's, a, there's a generational divide here. And I think maybe that's something the church needs to reckon with. And maybe this, you know, COVID-19 is kind of forcing us to to reckon with that. What is meaningful relationship? How do we have that even when it looks different from what many yeah. of us are used to.
1: Yes. You will have a hard time convincing uh, somebody in their 20s or 30s that something like we're doing now isn't a relationship or it, yeah. it isn't friendship. Um, and, and I'm with you. I, I made the phone line busy quite a bit
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> as a teenager. But uh, they, yeah. So I have, I do, um, on Wednesday nights, I do a small group for my online campus. And it's, I mean, it's all digital all the time, not even just now. Uh, but I have people from like four or five different States Hmm. that are, are part of that group. I I never see them at the building. They don't live anywhere near here, but you're going to have to them. Uh, this is their small group. This is their church. So. It's different, and we don't always like to think of things differently. But um, I am working overtime to embrace changing my thought on how church can be. Um, yeah, it's bigger than my brain can fathom. So
0: yeah, yeah, well, that's great. You know, as we are we're, we're coming to the end of our time here, I'm just wondering: Do you have uh, I have two last questions? One is any kind of last minute advice that you want to give to to pastors and church leaders who are, you know, they've, they've gotten things online. We've given some suggestions of things, but uh, just anything to bear in mind or, or principles, tips, anything that you, you think you want to leave people with as they contemplate doing this better in this uh, strange world we're living in.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say, don't be afraid to try something. Um, the worst that can happen is it won't work. And then you try something else, you know, uh, think outside the box, be creative and try it. Just go for it. Um, and if it doesn't work, change it, do it again. It's okay. Um, I think it's okay to just keep trying new things.
0: That's great. Yeah. That's, that's great. And then do you have any resources you can point our our listeners to? Some, any websites or, or podcasts or TED Talks, anything like that, that uh, would be especially helpful for them as they continue to try to be as effective as possible in, in living this out?
1: Yeah. You know, some of the resources that I've gone to for online church kind of things, um, jcranda.com. Uh, he is the online campus pastor at Saddleback, and he has a website with a ton of resources on how, how to do online things. He's really, really great resource, um, and he's done talks and videos, and there's all kinds of stuff over there, so I would definitely check that out. Uh, Kerry Newhoff, I listen to his podcast. He's been doing quite a few things very recently on the church going digital. Mm some of his newest podcasts are really specific to kind of what we're going through now. Um, If you're looking for uh, a method to get your church online, there's churchonlineplatform.com. That's a free online church platform that you can use. And we use it here. Hmm. You can check out our website if you want to look at what it looks like. It's Hmm. ilovethischurch.com and and forward slash watch. And that'll get you over that way. Um, But it's free and it works. So something you might want to check out. And then, uh, you know, last, I would say if you're looking around and you see a church that does things online and you like what, what it looks like, just ask them. Hmm. Uh, you'd be surprised. I, I, um, I like how Hillsong Church does some things. So I got on the chat room with them uh, at church and I said, I'm doing this here. I would love to talk to Nathan McLean. the online campus pastor there and next thing i knew i was on a zoom meeting with someone in australia so we i talked with him you know and i've asked other you know big churches and they send me materials so you don't have to do it from scratch you don't have to do it all alone Uh, you'd be surprised at who will talk to you who will help you so yeah.
0: Just great. Go <laughs> great. Well, we will make sure that we put those links and things like that in the show notes. So if anybody wants to check those out, they've got easy access to, to that. Brooke, thank you so much for your time in this. This has been just a great conversation. I hope it's been helpful. It's, I've, I've learned a ton and found it really engaging. And I, I hope our listeners have as well. Thank you so much for being a part of this.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. Anytime. I, I'm, yeah, just glad to be here.
0: Fun. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Whole and Holy, the Bethel Seminary Podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. And if you haven't already given us a, a five-star review, please do so. We rely on those reviews and those ratings to allow us to people find us more easily. The, the higher our ratings, the better, the better we look and the more easy, easily people can find us. So please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. If you have feedback for us, please send us an email at whole-and-holy at bethel.edu. whole-and-holy at bethel.edu. We want to hear from you if you have feedback about episodes. If you have suggestions for future episodes, we want to hear that as well. Thanks for listening and stay safe. God bless you.
1: Thank you for listening to Whole and Holy. This podcast is a production of Bethel Seminary in collaboration with Bethel University's Office of Church Relations. Please share your feedback with us, including ideas you'd like to see in future episodes by emailing us at wholeandholy at bethel.edu. Once again, that address is wholeandholy at bethel.edu. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.